Live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston Proper, you are Live from the Path. And you're listening to Live from the Path. We're coming from the uh, Pathway Studios here in Johnston Proper. It is good to be with you on this fine... What's the day, Mike? Yeah, it's a fine Monday evening, and it's good to be with you. Hey, so we got an exciting show. So here's here's what I'm going to tell you, is that I've been promising this show uh, for like three, four months, I think. Like, uh, So you guys, if you guys remember, we've been talking about... Uh, asking the question, how does good news change the world, right? Like, I believe it changes people's hearts. I think it, it changes their eternity. But I also believe that there is a tangible change in the world. As the light of Jesus flows into it, um, good news does indeed change the world. And so we talked to the guy, the fellows from Discover Hope 517 in Newton. Um, we had a discussion with Matthew Loftus about um, how can we look at health care differently? How can the good news of Jesus Christ change how we look at our health and the provision of health care and kind of the animosity that goes with trying to figure that out as a nation versus how we might view people in that circumstance from a, a good news perspective. And so we got there and then we've been trying to find someone that could talk to us about um, sex trafficking. Um, and I, I don't even know why that, that came up as kind of one of our top three items. But we thought, I think there, it feels like there's so much darkness there. Um, we'd love to know and have visibility to how good news changes that world. And so um, I'm, I'm excited. We have uh, a couple folks that we're going to talk to today. Um, we're going to talk to Joy Fatma, who is the, the founder of Wings of Refuge. And I'll, I'll, she will do a better job explaining it than I will. So I will let her do that um, and have her introduce the organization and herself and kind of what that's about. And then also, I mean, I mean, ancient, ancient friend of the show. We've been friends with this man for nine on to 15 years, Ben. <laughs> what? Really? No. No, but I mean, six years sounds not as cool as you're saying. Okay, yeah, no, I was going to feel real bad if it was that long. Uh, but anyway, so we've met Nate before. You, um, Nate Baird, we in- interviewed. We did. We did. A, some, somebody let us do a live remote <laughs> one time, and uh, we interviewed you on uh, Happy Birthday, Nate. It was yep. um, uh, you were raising money for uh, mosquito nets. Yep. Right. And so, um, so we ran into him, and in, in that respect, he's also, he's been on the show one other time for an issue that we could not recall jointly. Um, <laughs> But um, but we, he's he's doing a, another campaign with Wings of Refuge um, called Merry Christmas Date, and so we're going to talk to him about um, why he latched onto this, why it's in it, why he thinks it's something important, and then what the goals goals are, and uh, and how you can help. So that's going to be the, the kind of the bare run of the show, and then we'll also have advice on Dear Life in the Path. I'm sure something uh, exhilarating. It's, it's it's debauchery being the no, best. I know. I saw. I saw. I was coming, came across some clips of the show yesterday, and one was where some guy had asked for advice on his cat. Who was uh, he was jealous of his cat because his cat was looking at the window at the neighbor who was exercising. Yeah, it was it was terrible. But anyway, that's the type of thing that people want advice from late night internet radio, and that's the type of thing they're asking about. Absolutely. All right, so we're gonna change here. We go. The positive good news changes the world. This is gonna be much better. So we have uh, with us via Skype uh, Joy Fatma with Wings of Refuge, and so Joy, um, thank you so much for joining us on Live from the Path. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm very, very excited uh, to have you for the for the reasons that we were kind of talking about. Like, there just seems so much darkness in the world when we think about people trafficking humans. And so, um, I wonder if you could do us a favor and just um, kind of introduce us to um, what Wings of Refuge is. Yeah. So, Wings of Refuge is a safe home for um, 
female survivors of human trafficking. So we are solely focused on the restoration um, of the women that we serve that, from the trauma that they've been through. And so how, um, let me ask you this, how do you, it's, it's from Iowa, it's in Iowa Falls, yes? Uh, well, we can't give away our location. Right on. Located in Hardin County, okay. Iowa. Mm-hmm. So, how do you how do you find yourself doing doing this work somewhere in the middle of Iowa, um, being a, being a place uh, of refuge for for trafficked girls? Like, what 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 brought this about in your life? Uh, it's an interesting story. Actually, my oldest son was attending college in Texas, and a team came onto his campus that had. Um, made a video documentary called Nefarious Merchant of Souls and they showed that on his campus where it showcased that there was 27 million slaves in the world and really broke his heart to the issue and now I joke and just say he did what any smart, intelligent young man would do um, got that information in, pr- in front of a pretty ferocious mama bear and <laughs> and um said, Mom, you've got to learn about sex trafficking. At that point in my life, I thought it was, you know, that problem over there in third world countries, and I felt really bad about it, but what's a small town girl from Iowa supposed to do? But um, after him, he brought the video home, after viewing that, understanding what the problem was, um, the Lord was just broke my heart to the issue, um, and also being a survivor of childhood sexual abuse myself, I did have a small understanding of um, of exploitation. So it hit a little bit close to home and just really knew that the Lord wanted me to do something about it. So literally started a a movement of prayer and asking God, um, Lord, what do you want us to do about 27 million slaves in the world? Boy, I I feel like that situation seems so, it seems so daunting. To, to, to come across, to, to, to have that, that burden kind of put upon you, and then to look around and be like, well, now now what? How, what do I do? What, what can I possibly do about that? So what, what did that next step look like? Yeah, so that night after viewing the documentary, you know, watching, um, you know, little girls in Southeast Asia, when you birth a little girl, when you become a parent of a little girl in in a third world country, you're said to have hit the jackpot because you'll never have to work another day the rest of your life. So it was pretty overwhelming. You know, that night I was pretty, I, honestly, I was angry at God. Like, I'd never been one of those Christians or people saying, you know, if God's so good, why does this happen? But that night I, I did feel a little bit of that. And so I just began journaling and praying and asking the Lord, you know, what do you want me to do? I knew I could just cry some tears and in a few days, all this information would have faded away and I could go back to my normal life or um, I could engage in what I was learning about. And so we um, started the movement of prayer. There's so many lanes to get involved in the movement of anti-trafficking, whether it's um, working on the issue through policy changes through the law, um, recovery and rescue, um, restoration or just awareness and education um, and we knew we had to find the place where we could serve and what our lane was going to be and literally it boiled down to a mathematical equation for our team 
um, the 12 people that formed to pray. Um, back at that point, there was 629 beds specific to the aftercare of survivors of sex trafficking in our nation, and there were hundreds of thousands of people in our country being trafficked every year. Um, we were learning that oftentimes they were America's orphans now grown up. Um, oftentimes they'd been trafficked as children. Um, and so where were they going to go if they were able to get out? If family and, you know, systems had failed, where were they going to go for help? And so that's where we learned that our call to restoration was going to be where we were going to go. Do you feel like... Um so w w part of what you described there, um, I, I, I'm, I feel like I'm embarrassed to say was surprising to me. Like, I think sometimes when we get a um, talk about something like sex trafficking, um, it seems not here, right? It seems like an elsewhere problem, a problem born out of um, a third world poverty or a, it just it just seems somewhere else in the world. And so when you were talking about kind of the orphans of our society, um, do you... I, I don't know. Maybe, that surprised me. Maybe I don't have a question there. I'm just. Um, mm. I think my reaction is is that 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 surprises me. Maybe I'm embarrassed to say that that surprises me. Do you feel like that is something that we did? Did you have a, a, a feel for how much that was feeding this issue in in the United States prior to starting this? No, I didn't have a clue. You know, and the Lord had already given me a heart for orphans. I'd been to Africa. I'd been to different countries on missions trips, and so my heart was deep and wide for orphans. And I always thought orphans as little children over in other countries in orphanages, you know. And um, James one twenty seven, you know, it says true religion is to look after orphans and widows in their distress. And my husband, I actually, before learning about sex trafficking, had a plan to, you know, raise our own children and then go over and, and help orphans in, in a different country. But really, um, when we learned about sex trafficking, what we learned is that we are oftentimes just ministering to orphans or widows in their distress, whether, you know, as, as crazy as it sounds, leaving their pimp, the one who has trafficked them as awful as it was, that was their provider, you know, and so they have to grieve that loss. And they've had, you know, family has failed, and so they're or orphans and widows a lot of times. And so we are, in fact, still doing what that first call was in our lives. It just it looks a whole lot different than I expected it to. So what is it? Um, what what is the experience like for um, a, a girl that that comes into your care? Like how is it a long term uh, placement? Is there um, counseling available? Like what does that what does that look like for them? How do they transition into a, a life that's different from where they came from? Yeah. So essentially, what we're asking her to do is come and heal with your buyers. Um, we're the people on the outside. Everyone not in the life or the life of trafficking is potentially a buyer to her in her mind. So asking her to come and trust complete strangers um, is a pretty huge, the first huge miracle that happens in her life. After that, everything we do is individualized. You know, people are all different. Um, a lot of times the experiences are similar with the women that we've served. Um, so the first thing we're doing is taking care of her medical needs. If you can imagine being raped for profit 10 to 20 times per day, a lot of times your body is pretty wrecked out. And so we're just meeting her immediate needs in the beginning. Um, oftentimes her documentation has been taken from her. Oftentimes she comes with only the clothes on her back. 
So we're just basically just giving her the things that she needs in the first 30 days or so. Everything after that is totally individualized based on her goals, based on her gifts, and based on the way God designed her heart and um, her personality and her interests. And so we take a holistic approach. You know, we deal with the educational pieces, the life skills, and the training. And But the biggest thing we really want her to come out of our home knowing is that there is a life, a hope of possibilities, and there is, um, and that exists through the person of Jesus because all humans are limited. And so that's our hope that when she leaves our home that she knows there is a different way. What's, um, what's one thing that you feel like you personally have learned um, since starting Wings of Refuge, maybe something that you didn't know or that you know you feel, know or feel differently from having kind of jumped into the to the burden that was given to you. Oh man, I've learned a lot of things. You know, the girls have been my best teachers. I've learned so much about their bravery and their courage. But the biggest thing I think I've learned from them and work in you know, living life with them is how to be unchurched to really live like Jesus to you know the way that we share the gospel is is very different you know it's it's doing life on the daily basis when there is no you know I sometimes say you know we're not a rehab we're a hab like <laughs> a lot of times there wasn't anything that was before you know if day one sexual abuse and violence started out for you and anyone who wants can have sex with you there's no frame of reference where safety was ever in existence in their life and so you know like we can't say oh you need to live a pure life you know like that's just going to put shame on them we have to even first teach them what what does that even mean what does that even look like because to them, sex is just a nat- just an everyday transaction. You know, there is no intimacy. There is no relationships. I'm just literally a commodity. And so even just to get them back to their own skin and body parts. And so really just learning how to show Jesus and to present the gospel in intangible ways in that circumstance and really listening to Holy Spirit I think is what I've really had to learn how to do through this process that's uh, that's interesting I, I think we've I think we've seen that pretty consistently talking with different folks that are interacting with people um, uh, th- that are on the on the peripherals of society for whatever reason um, is that um, a lot of the framework, a lot of the work that the, that the church does for its own kind of edification um, falls on, they're not deaf ears, but they're ears that just, they can't even take it in. They don't have the, they don't have a frame of reference for it. They don't, it, um, the, 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 the words that we use don't mean the same thing as, as they take it in. And so it really comes through the, the hands and feet of what the, the people of Jesus are doing to demonstrate and kind of help with defining what those are. Uh, that does seem to be a pretty consistent uh pretty consistent theme um, from, from the church and, and the interacting with, with, with folks in kind of those situations. And, and maybe that points me to, um, well, actually, let me, I'm going to ask you too. I, I told you I was going to ask you this a, as the last question, but I, I have a follow-up. But like based upon kind of what you were talking about and, and maybe the, the theme of what we're trying to answer, um, if someone were to ask you 
um, how does how does the good news of Jesus Christ change the world when it comes to to sex trafficking? How would you answer that question? You know, our tagline is "So the exploitation ends for one more girl," and. 27 million slaves in the world is a huge desensitizing number. And so the gospel changes one life at a time. So we don't take on the 27 million. We take on the one in front of us. And her life is worth just like Jesus when he went to the cross. You know, like it was worth everything. We were worth everything to him. And we take that same mentality with her. Like you're worth everything to me. And that's hard because no one's ever treated you like that before. And it's hard to trust, you know, cause I'm a human, I'm going to fail you, but there is a hope and it's Jesus. Um, just reminds me of a story of one of the girls. Um, she came to us and literally like her trafficker was in going to kill her and she was able to escape. So she came to us, you know, her, Hair had been shaved off. Her fingernails had been pulled out. She had burn marks all over her. She was pretty wrecked out. And there's no education. There's no conference. There's no guidebook for how do you deal with that situation. And so um, I was spending some time with her. You know, she couldn't eat, couldn't sleep. I mean, she was just numb and robotic. And just thinking you know, how am I even going to connect with this woman? And, and because of security reasons, we were going to have to, again, move her to a different home. And I had to tell her that that night. And so I just, um, I talked to her and I'm like, you know what? I don't know what it's like to be you. I have no idea. I don't understand. I don't know what it's like to have been through what you've been through. But that place of mutual brokenness, um, in my own life, God used, Um, I just said, you know, I do know what it's like to be small and trapped and helpless. And I do know what it's like to live after that and have hope. And she looked up at me and one thing is the streets tell you always don't cry. The girls that cry die. And tears just started rolling down her cheeks. And she looked up and she's like, I thought your life was perfect. And I was like, oh no. (laughs) You know, and that place of mutual brokenness where we get very vulnerable and transparent with one another um, as a place where healing can happen. And um, she went on. I continued to stay in her life even after she left our home. She continued on and came to know Jesus. And um, so I think it's just loving the one in front of you and sharing Christ like you know, I, I love Philippians 3.10 that says, I want to know Christ and I want to know the power of his resurrection, to share in the fellowship of his suffering, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow resurrection from the dead. And I think that place, you know, of knowing Christ through suffering, um, where that mutual brokenness happens and the cross and trauma, you know, collide with the resurrection and then that and so somehow resurrection you know there's only one way to know jesus christ as savior and that's through confession of sin and you know believing the work that he did on the cross but that and so somehow resurrection can happen a million different ways and we watch that every day at wings of refuge through the huge revelations of a girl finding her tears and the small things of you know decide deciding to stay and sleep with us one more night when 
you know, she's, she's not sure if this is what she wants. And so we, we celebrate a lot with the one in front of us for every milestone in that and so somehow resurrection process. Absolutely. That's beautiful. That is, that is how good news changed the world and for everybody. Um, and to watch it be able to uh, permeate where there's, there's, there's darkness that, that we don't even understand is, is a, is a beautiful thing. Uh, cause we, <laughs> we serve a beautiful savior. Um, so let me ask you this. If, if people are, are interested in helping, what are some ways that they can help? Um, number one, we always ask for prayer and intercession. You know, prayer is what fueled the, and birthed Wings of Refuge. And, um, you know, we're literally, the Lord is plucking women off a of hell's doorstep. And, you know, we need people praying about what we're doing. Um, and the second would be to give. Restoration is expensive. It's messy. Um, you know, it's it takes nine staff to allow our home to run 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. Um, so we need people to give. Um, there's a cost. When we decide to make women um, a commodity and reduce them down to skin and body parts, when we decide to make porn a natural part of all, our culture, there is a dollar amount to that there's there's a cost there's a financial cost to that and especially on the lives that we're deciding that it's okay to use so i would say give give to wings of refuge and give to what uh your our awesome friend nate is doing with us it's pretty exciting <laughs> absolutely so uh and, and and we'll get that to the nate portion the nate will say here's how this is done i can see it he's ready for it okay <laughs> All right, awesome, Joy. Thank you so much for for sharing some time with us. I, I really appreciate it. I was, um, uh, I'm I'm encouraged, um, and burdened both, um, and I think that's probably the right place to be in these types yeah. of situation. And so uh, I appreciate you sharing with us. Um, you can learn more if you go to wingsofrefuge.net. You can also find them uh, on Facebook. You just do a search for Wings of Refuge, and um, if you go to um, if you like Live from the Path, uh, we like them. So um, if you want to look at what we like, um, you can find them that way as well. Um, and uh, please, please do, um, uh, do do pray for them. Um, and, and it's something that you can make consistent for them as well. Um, but our, um, uh, to take that good intention a step further and give. Um, and Nate will share some ways that, that you can do that in, in support of Wings of Refuge through the stuff that he's working on. So um, please, uh, I would encourage you to do both of those things. Again, Joy, thank you very much. We'll go ahead and let you go. Um, and you okay. hope you enjoy your rest of your night. But thank you for joining us on Life from the Path. All right, thanks. All right, thank you. <coughs> All right, that was uh, Joy Fatma with Wings of Refuge. Thank you so much, guys, for, um, for hanging out with that conversation with us. Um, it was one that um, I was interested in having. Mike, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. I and I've had this every time we've talked to somebody about how the good news changes the world. Is like I I sit here and I listen to the way that 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 God has burdened people with things and how they've accepted this burden and right. like and they're just messy, just messy things that like I don't know. You can read books <laughs> to do this, right? Like almost everything we want nowadays is a YouTube video or a book to read and be like, then I can do it. And like, how do you deal with sex trafficking? And then Joy says, yeah, yeah, I'm in. You do it. And I just say, thank you, Lord, that you have people, right, that you have people that, that, that feel 
this this burden you've laid on them and then go yes yes where i would i mean i just listen to these stories and i'm like i can't barely get hide back my crying when they're telling these stories you know what i'm saying i'm like i, I could not function in this way i'm i you know i don't know how you you don't walk down broken hearted going in fear of the 26 point blah blah nine 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 million you did get the one and like joy's got a nail you know like this is what we do this is what the gospel does and 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 like man i i don't know there is so it's it's hard coming from a male perspective and i'm and and and, and i'm real interested actually to ask nate about this too it's like it's 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 hard from a male perspective because we're kind of the problem <laughs> you know what i'm saying like we're the problem here and so like it's 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 hard to listen to these stories and go like I mean, the team that I'm de facto on because I was just born this way. I'm like crap. Like I'm representing a, a bit of the enemy here, and so I don't. Know, it was it was uh, it was it was really interesting to listen to what she had to say, and um, I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see what we can do to help. Yeah. So let's let's uh, let's talk about that. A reinteroduction uh, of our uh, we're, we're going to go with longtime friend. Yeah, that's good. And conf- dear even, friend, and dear, dear friend. friend, and confidant. <laughs> That might be far. Comrade Nate. <laughs> um, uh, so Nate, Nate Baird, and like I said, the last time we ran into him, he was uh, uh, he was using his birthday to try to uh, to try to raise money for uh, for some mosquito nets to uh, to combat the uh, lurking nighttime malaria problems uh, that a simple net can solve. Yeah. And so uh, I love a man that uh, that hijacks Christmas. That's right. Uh, for the for good reasons that serve Jesus. So um, you're you're doing Merry Christmas, Nate. Um, so tell me a, a, a little bit about what you're doing and how you got hooked up with Wings Refuge. Well, that kind of goes back a couple of years. Um, for my job, I, uh, I do digital media at Open Bible Churches. And one of our stories uh, was of Brandy Sliceman, who's one of the staff members at Wings of Refuge. And um, we were doing, uh, for our uh, magazine, we were doing an interview with her. So she came down, we filmed her and uh, filmed the interview. And after we turned the cameras off, uh, there had just been a, a big sex trafficking bust in the news. Yeah. And I said, you've got to be pretty excited about this, right? I mean, uh, all these uh, bad guys got got and all these um, victims got rescued, you know? And she, she said she was, but I could tell there was like, there was a little bit more. Yeah, right. You know? and, and so uh, she goes, yes, uh, I am excited about that, but if... Um, if they don't have a bed to go to, if they don't have a place to go, then they'll probably get sucked back in, right? Either through coercion or just need, yeah, just because that's all they've known, yeah. And um, and that hit me like a ton of bricks. And so, um, some time passed, and I had kind of been looking for something, uh, something else to do, kind of like another happy birthday, Nate. Yep. And nothing really was sticking with me. Nothing like the Lord wasn't really, you know really punching me in the gut about anything. Right. You know? And after she said that, I was like, this is it. This is the thing. So some time passed and uh, I was actually in uh, their town a little bit uh, later for a separate project. I didn't have anything to do with that. Yeah. And uh, we ran into um, somebody that I knew also knew the Wings of Refuge people. And uh, she goes, oh yeah, they're having a, a, a their board meeting. They're having their board meeting right now. And I said, are you serious? And I said, is Brandy here? And they said, yeah. And I said, I want to talk to him. So <laughs> uh, being the impromptu guy and true Nate Beard style, uh-huh. I walked in on the board meeting. Right on. And I said, hey, my name's Nate. Uh, this is what I did for my 30th birthday. And for my 35th birthday, I want to help you guys. 
So you need to like tell me what you need. Yeah. And uh, Joy's eyes. I'd never met her before in my life. I only knew Brandy. Yeah. And uh, Joy's eyes were as big as softballs. She's like, who is this maniac that just walked in <laughs> and he's saying he's going to like launch a campaign for us? And yeah. So, um, so that sort of, that started our conversation. And so we we'd conversate back and forth. Uh, we had group messages and we'd kind of talk about what this looks like. And then for whatever reason this year, um, you know, since my last birthday, I've had two kids. Right. And so... They kind of just suck all the time out of yeah. your schedule, you know, yep. in a good way. And uh, I, just nothing. I could not get the campaign off the ground. I just couldn't. It was like one roadblock after another. It was insane. Yeah. And uh, finally, I decided, you know what? Uh, I'm going to hijack Christmas. Right on. on. my birthday. Yeah. Halloween. So, um, and then I got to thinking, you know, Christmas is actually really perfect for this because it's about a story. It's, it's about a guy coming to earth to rescue those in captivity, to mm-hmm. restore lives, to uh, make people whole again. And uh, I thought, how perfect is that? And so, um, so yeah, I said, I said we're going to do Merry Christmas, Nate. And this is how the campaign's going to fit together and uh, with sex trafficking and with Christmas. And that's kind of the, the short of it. But Right on. Yeah. So, so what's, the, what, what's the goal here? Okay, so the goal is they have uh, one location that's in a small Iowa town, which yep. is which is really kind of perfect for sort of uh, getting out of that lifestyle yep. for a participant to sort of detox and yeah. get out of that lifestyle and sort of just have no other um, nothing else on their plate but just sort of being restored. Yeah, but that same small town that is sort of like. Um, their safe place. Yeah, it, it restricts them after a while when they're when they want to grow more. Sure, when they want to because the whole goal of restoration is to live an independent life. Yeah. So um, when they start to want to maybe go back to school, when they want to get a job, when they want to get a car, or any of these things. Yeah. A small town uh, just can't offer that stuff like right. Uber or Lyft or public transit or you know uh, community colleges, that sort of thing or. Yep. Uh, very uh just tons of job opportunities waitressing and sure clerks and all that stuff so um a town like des moines is perfect because yeah. it's not a huge town but it's it's got a lot of the amenities that um a big town would have sure so the idea is that they would have a second location where when a participant is ready to pursue those things they would go to this second location that would be in or around the greater Des Moines area. Yep. And um, and they would have those things like Uber or Lyft or whatever. So they can go get a job. They can go to school. They can they can do the things that they need to do to have an independent life. Yep. And so that's really what I'm trying to do. So $750,000 is the goal. And uh, I know it's a lot, but uh, that's the goal. I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense for me to try to raise $5,000 when $750,000 is needed. Yep. So... Uh, I said the other night, you know, if you need 15 yards for a first down, you don't throw a three yard pass. And so here's, this is the, this is the goal and this is what I'm going for. No, Hey, actually I get real frustrated when you need 15 yards and somebody throws a three <laughs> yard pass and you're like, what were you thinking? Right. That was not helpful. <laughs> who, who called that dumb play? Huh? Not Nate Baird. <laughs> Nate doesn't do that. <laughs> okay. 750 grand. Put uh, put a, a tr- transitional spot, right? Like, yeah, it's 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 just a it's it's a right logical step, right? Like, if you want to be able to to provide that for folks, um, 
that makes a lot of sense, and it's, it seems like a, a pretty prescient need, an unfortunate one, but certainly something yeah. that you need. Where, where do you know where you're at so far? So right now we have just a little bit over two thousand. Okay, raised. We got a lot. We got we got to move. We got room yeah. to move here. Yep. Okay. Right on. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's let's do that. We should. I mean, Mike. <laughs> I mean, I got some. <laughs> That's like pocket change yes, for you guys. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. we, we got to hang around here. I think I, million? I spent 725000 on the way in. <laughs> man, I wish you'd have said something. Oh, man. So let, let me ask you this. So how, what has – has anything changed for you, a, a perspective or an understanding um, in the time that you've been working with Wings of Refuge? Um, yes, and I, I would say even more so before I started working with them because I had a little girl. Yeah. And so – when you don't have kids, uh, this is, it's terrible. Um, it's ungodly. It's like, why, how can these people go through this? You know, but when you have kids, it yeah. makes it a lot more real. And, um, you know, there's not a lot that I can do to make the world a better place for my daughter necessarily where I'm at in my life. Sure. But I want to make sure that there's restoration there. Uh, I can't always be with her. I can't always be protecting her. You know, and I trust God with her life, of yeah. course. But um, if I can be part of helping restore other lives, that really appeals to me. And the fact that she can see her dad doing that, yeah, that makes that makes um, that makes it real too. And so, um, as this past year, as we've sort of been working together with Joy and the rest of the staff, um, I've learned a lot about sort of the the industry, I guess you could say, yeah. Um, and every single time, isn't Joy great? Every single time I talk to her, she tells a story about something that, you know, to her is just like every day. Right. She's, you know, and it, to me, like one time I was talking with her and she's like, yeah, yesterday we just celebrated a birthday for a girl who hadn't had a birthday party in five years. That can, I mean, what? Yeah, right. That's crazy. So, um, so she's always telling me those types of stories. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, like, like you were saying, Mike, I... I get upset when I go to a restaurant and they sell Coke and they don't sell Pepsi. Right. You know, like it, it changes your perspective a little bit on what's really important yep. and uh, what should make you mad or not. And so, you know, uh, I, what I, I guess this is where I'm convicted here uh, and maybe on, it's on, it's on a broad, a broad spec, spectrum here. But like, I find that after having these conversations with people, I'm frustrated with myself and, and, and maybe some of us who are following Jesus that like, we're afraid of the dark. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't want to go. Like I, I, right on. it's not like this sex trafficking thing is new to me. Like I did had no idea it existed. Of course I did, right? But like either, either I don't figure that I I just it's not my place. I, I don't want to get all involved with that. It sounds like real messy, right? Like I just don't want to get involved. <laughs> with it. Or frankly, I'm scared of it. I'm scared of it. We're, I mean, the type of mess that she's talking about, the type of folks that are looking for the ladies that are now trying to get restoration, right? Like we're just. I'm, I, I think we bow out of the stuff like Jesus is afraid of the dark, and he's not, and and we shouldn't be either. And like hearing people just dive right into this stuff and say, "Look, this is what we're going to do," and like I, I just I, I I love that. I love that. That's hands and feet. That like, and it's not the it's not the cheesy hands and feet like with a gift bag and a funny VBS banner. You know what I'm saying? Like they're like we're serving the community. What kind of you know? Like most of these kids are coming anyway. Like running a homeless shelter here. Like you just you gave out free candy and lemonade. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but I but you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes we go to bed satisfied and we're mistaken. We should we shouldn't have been. You know, like the fact that I can go that I can go to my regular job. And like, and and not pass a truck stop and go, 
man, I, you know, I got to at least be praying for this thing. You know what I'm saying? Not like everybody's going to be in their exit just roading the thing all the time, right? But maybe some of the time, maybe, I mean, something. Yeah. Is 27 million really that big? If we got the, the Church of Jesus Christ on it, we talked about this when we were talking when Adoption Day comes around. Yeah. Where they're like, listen, you know, you can you can yell and scream all you want about the sins of the world and the situations that have come up. But, like, if, if the entire Church of Jesus Christ adopted a kid, we'd be done. It'd be over. We wouldn't even be having this. We'd have to get rid of Adoption Day because it's not necessary. Because it doesn't matter how many kids you produce, the, the Church of Jesus seems to pick them up. Right. And we wouldn't be having this conversation. It's scouring the streets of Rome, picking them out of the gutter. That's right. You just you can't seem to stop these crazy folks from picking up kids. And the same is true with, 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 with especially girls that have been put in a situation that they don't want to be in. There is no reason for that to continue. We have people outflanked and outnumbered and out and we have and we have money. Don't act like we don't have money. We, we money. have money. Right? And so like all these things that like we're afraid of the dark, we got cash we don't want to spend, we got time we don't want to share. And like I listen to these stories, I'm like, what's wrong with you? I was mad about that that Pepsi deal to Bebop's today. <laughs> I'm like, you don't have Coke at all? No, no, Pepsi only. I'm like, what is this, the fifties? You can't have Coke on tap. <laughs> sort of Mickey Mouse operation is this? <laughs> and then and, and I go to bed satisfied, and that was my biggest gripe. That was the thing that moved me for the day. Is the poor gal in the in the cheap Visqueen jacket at the Bebop's could not produce a Coke on ice. <laughs> I mean, come on. And I think th- that's actually one of the things that was compelling. From a um, from looking at how does how does good news change the world is like it reminds us that um, one that the world needs changed and two that the good news doesn't right like sometimes it's just it's it's hard like I'm surrounded by things that don't remind me of any of those yeah right I work a, I work a a white collar job uh, for the most part I I go home I live in a in a safe relatively safe community there's some mailbox hoodlums. <laughs> but I mean, that's I mean, you they, can't shake them. <laughs> they're taking my advertisements for the oldies. Yeah, but oldies puts them out right by the door. Yeah. So <laughs> they setting up charges. In every no worries, <laughs> Chuck. <laughs> so you, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, and I think, um, our it's it's not. Here's the deal: good natured people, faithful people. I know that I know that the gospel changes things, and I know that it's powerful. But sometimes, when I'm not exposed to things. I, 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 I miss the sense for how powerful it is, right? Because because I'm not in that situation and I don't see it and I don't take part in it and I don't affect it. And the truth is, is like when I see the gospel change the world like that, not only are people being uh, forever cradled in the arms of, of the Lord Jesus that died for them, but their right now is better. They have hope where they didn't have it. They have joy where it doesn't even make sense to have it. They have they know love when they had no concept of it before, and Jesus provides those things. And and to miss that, I think that's why I I personally need to be reminded that good news changes the world. And I need to see it. I need to see light shine into darkness to recognize how dark things are and make sure that I'm we're not falling for a trap that says, well, you know, it's about midday. <laughs> I think it's okay. And so, like some of this was to bring attention to how can we put how can we put time and effort and money like that was actually the core, right? Is that we the, the spawn from. We said, if good news changes, well, let's write all the ways down. I expect it to change. And if there are people uh, and say that the people of Jesus should be doing these things, and if the people of Jesus are doing these things, let's celebrate it and fund it and make sure that people know that it's happening. And if we look out and say, the good news should be changing the world in this way, and the people of Jesus aren't doing this in this moment, then now it's on us to do it. Like, this was kind of the, the premise of the thing. And so... Hey, man, thank Jesus other people are doing stuff. We haven't had to do nothing so far. That's what I'm except saying. Except for support people. <laughs> well, and that's kind of the point, right? As you look out, you can find that, that God's got people on it. He's got people on it, and the, and the, the question is now, is now how, how 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 can we be part of that 
uh, of the outflanking yeah. of the darkness. A, you not be afraid of it. B, we say God's got a, got someone who's in the trenches. They just they need money. You know what we have? Money. Yeah, we have money. You know what I mean? Like we don't even. This is this is, this is the plot. We talked this a little. We couldn't broadcast last week. We have some technical problems, and we were kind of talking about um, some overseas mission stuff. And like, um, there's a level of maturity in a in a I think an American Christian where they get to the point where they reasonably think I should go somewhere else. I'm not impoverished. <laughs> I feel like I should sacrifice something. Yeah. I should go move to show that it is, as a show God that I'm serious. And here's the thing is a lo- you know what a lot of those guys need? They need resources. They need money. You know what we have? Money. Yeah. Put it to some work, man. They don't need Stay a fi- in your job. They don't okay. need a 5'10 white man in Uganda. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They need your money so Ugandans can raise Ugandans. You know what I'm saying? They, they're, God has equipped them. They're not a forgotten people by the Lord, right? Like, I mean, right. he's got, he's got people that love and follow him in that country and your white man status <laughs> over there ain't going to blow the place up. Right. He didn't bless your stapling hide to go over there. <laughs> <laughs> he just says, keep a stapling, put 20% back and send it over <laughs> and, and, and put it to work, right? Get a transitional yeah. house going. And so I, I guess that's the thing is like, um, we run risks by not seeing the world for what it is, but not recognizing the gospel for how powerful it is. And like, this doesn't mean that I didn't believe the gospel was powerful. It's just, I like to be, I like to be reminded and to stand in awe of what God does with people and through people for the growth of his kingdom and for the restoration of the world. And this does, and this does, this reminds me of that. And it reminds me that God says like, um, we're not sitting on our haunches waiting this thing out until he returns. He's like, I want restoration now. I yeah. want it now. I think one of the, the, Greatest quotes that I think I've latched onto and uh, maybe has changed my life was uh, Francis Francis Chan's quote when he says the church really should stop worrying about um, failure and they should start worrying about succeeding at things that don't matter. Yeah, right on. And that really changed my whole perspective on stuff. Um, it'd be really easy to say, well, why didn't you create a, a monetary goal that was, you know, like five thousand dollars? That's yeah. easily attainable and in the two months that you have the the campaign going, but that's not the goal, right? You know, yeah, it's not the goal. <laughs> I, it's not the goal. It's it's not. What, you heard what she said. Restoration is expensive. Sure, they got to have somebody there for twenty four hours a day. You know, and uh, it just it blows my mind how expensive it is, and and how um, you know we just had a, a great Thanksgiving week. I I, I love Thanksgiving. Love hanging out with my family. This year we told our family that we're expecting again. Yeah. So we got number three on the way. That was right. pretty fun. But then, you know, I take all those feelings of like how I'm thankful for everything. And then it just drives me nuts the rest of the weekend when they have Black Friday and then yep. they have cyber this. And it's like, oh, man, we just were celebrating how thankful we were for the things that we have in our life. And then we went out and just, you know, I'm, everybody's going to shop. I, I get it. And, right. You know, maybe you need a coat for your child and you want to get a good deal on it but you have stuff like this going on in the world and it just changes your perspective yeah you know i've had to guard my heart honestly i've had to guard my heart in watching a lot of that and just say you know it it's it's uh they just maybe haven't seen that perspective yeah it's just it's a blindness and like it's not i i I don't even from from a christian perspective um I, i don't think it's willful but I, but I, there are just there are trappings of a society that is uh, a largely cares for itself and b has things that people that there, there's just parts of the world or situations that don't have yeah. and it creates the blindness that you actually have to fight against yeah like you have to put a toothpick in your eyelids and, and force it open because we, you really wouldn't know the difference um, and it's it's not a willful ignorance but it's an ignorance all the same right yep. and so you, you I, I would agree you do have to guard your heart and, and make sure that you're not um, 
you're not just saying I take in what's presented to me, but it's saying I'm looking. Yeah. I'm looking for where light needs to go. I'm looking for, for how I can direct time and money and resources to things that do good kingdom work that, that changes the world. And, and I think you do have to be, that is, it's a, it's a mission work. It's not just a, um, may it rule to me. <laughs> I think we have to go looking for it. We're on the hunt for that, JS. Well, you know, and here's what, here's what I like about, about especially what, um, what she was saying is like, um, it, it takes some of the stuff that, that, that I'm afraid of off the table for me. Like I'm afraid I wouldn't know what to say. I'm afraid that I wouldn't know what to how to, how to handle that situation, and and I, I'm afraid that I would I don't know give bad counsel or or get fired up when it's fired up's not what we're talking about here, right? Right? And 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 she says, well, I'll do that. Oh, that's what God has gifted me to do. I just need your resources. I just need your help. I'm like, yes, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. It's the that old that, saying: when you give, you go. You yeah, know, like, you I'm, can be part of it. Yeah, I mean, look at the investment that you're making. There's a definite return. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's it's not it's not a it's not a wasted stop at the gas station that you will you will regret. You know, it's not a bad Black Friday purchase that you're like, I'll buy anything for three dollars. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they could put Barnyard on, on sale for three dollars. I'm like, I have to have five copies. I don't know why anybody would pass it up at this price. Right? Wait, 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 what is the Barnyard? I actually I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm assuming it was the name of a, a low rent movie from the '80s. And what's the one with Chevy Chase uh, sitting on some kind of barn car? I, it's always in the the budget bin. Funny farm, funny farm. Yeah, take it back everything I said about barnyard and insert funny farm. Sorry for the yeah, I was, and move on. That that's not good news. Changing the world. Funny farm doesn't change. The world. Anyway, <laughs> I think I think, that, I, I think the thing is, is, especially with some of the stuff that that like I don't know that the God has had me around here lately. I just I, it it really has me convinced that, that that God really does give and and we call it we call it a burden and like I call it a, a load. You know, the God's like. It, this is great for you, and this is this is what I need you to do. And 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 they say yes, I'm 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 on it. And all we need is just a little bit of support. And and it's it's convicting because we we can we can support it. We just don't. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, raising awareness is a big part of that because a lot of the people that I've talked to don't a don't think about it uh, right. just because it's not on their radar. But b they think it's somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I was. I was looking at the Iowa Department of Transportation website. They said that there's an average of, I'm just going to round up, it's almost 8 million cars on the on Iowa roads every year. So let's just be really conservative and say that only one of the 1% of those cars are traffickers. Yeah. That means that 80,000 cars are driving around Iowa every year with human slaves in them. Does that blow your mind or what? Yeah. I mean... And and the and the fact that the the average age that these kids get pulled into it is eleven to fourteen. Oh, eleven years old. Yeah. See, I, th- this is why I'm thankful for people that 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 do this, right? Because like I can't get past my anger, yeah. and and the, and the, and the sad. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I have girls, and I just I can't. My girl, my daughter's ten. Yep. I'm looking right at her. And I'm like, she doesn't even know who she is, let alone, you know, any idea what's about to happen. And like, I, I just. Yeah, I I don't know, I don't know. I'll give. So that. I uh, I asked a couple of teacher friends of mine, what is it that kids that age, eleven to fourteen, are like learning in school that they wouldn't be learning, you know, because they've been pulled into sex trafficking? Yeah, and they're talking about like, well, uh, just simple stuff like um, friction and boiling points and freezing points of water, and uh, they're starting to get into multiplication right. and pre-algebra and stuff like that, and those. So let's let's just say uh, they've only been trafficked for for three years, which would be an eternity. I yeah, think, all right. Me. Yeah, but those are things that they never learned. But most of these most of these participants 
have been trafficked for much longer than that. Let's say 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. So now they're 21 and they haven't experienced anything that we got to experience in our high school years, teen years, uh, young 20s. You know, I mean, so they're coming out of that lifestyle and they know nothing. Yeah. They don't know how to call for a dentist appointment. They don't know how to... Um, what did we learn in high school? Uh, they don't. They don't know basic math. They don't know basic history. Yeah, right. I mean, you're trying to fit seamlessly into a society when you haven't been in those formative years of high school. You haven't been taught that stuff. It, you need to be. You need to like, like she said. You need to go through a hab. There, yeah, yeah. There just there wasn't anything there before. You got to learn that stuff. Yeah, and um, and that's why I love what Wings of Refuge is doing. And what I love also is that it's not a thirty or sixty or ninety day program right i mean they don't just kick you out after the time runs up they're there for you until exploitation has totally ended for you yeah, yeah. amazing that, that is, is amazing yeah yeah all right so wh- wh- what do we do here nate how do we wh- where do we go <laughs> where do we go to just to, to put resources on this thing all right well you can go to merrychristmasnate.com and there you can read the entire story of uh sort of how i started this whole thing and um and why i'm doing it and the and the ask is there too of of the, the $750,000. Right on. And so you can give. Um, there's there's three options. I think one is to donate, the obvious one. The second one is to network. Share as much as you can. Tell anyone you can about it. Um, that's that's such an important part because you never know who's going to see it and um, has a heart for it. Yeah. And, you know, uh, wants to give to it. Sure. And then the third is to learn more about Wings of Refuge. And to follow them on Facebook and go to their website and kind of learn more about them. Okay. So um, on my Facebook, uh, MerryChristmasNate.com, MerryChristmasNate, um, I've been posting videos of sort of meet the staff. Uh, and so you can sort of watch those, kind of get to know who you're giving to. Um, it's a Christ-based organization. Um, and so... Was it tech? Is it a, is it a charity? It's a charity, yeah. The uh, the donation actually goes through Open Bible Churches, my work. Okay. And so uh, that's only because they're providing a, a donation platform. Yeah. If you feel more comfortable giving directly to Wings of Refuge, that's fine too. Okay. That's their nonprofit. Um, just tag tag it uh, in the memo that it's Merry Christmas Nate campaign. Right on. And uh, so it's just multiple ways to give uh, give to it. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Well, so you can go to MerryChristmasNate.com. Uh, you want to be following uh, Wings of Refuge and Merry Christmas, Nate, on the uh, on the Facebook, yeah. or is that the chosen social media platform? You do, yeah, you do. Yep. yeah, right on Facebook. Yeah. So, um, so here's the here's the thing is like, uh, yeah, I think you should be praying on that. I think I'm gonna be we need to be praying on that. Uh, be I think we need to educate ourselves on those types of things, right? Like, I think it's, we just gotta we gotta force our eyes open if they're not there. Um, we are uh, we need to know where the darkness is so that we know where the light should be. Hey, so uh, is is there a good resource for that? Like, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, I stop at rest areas all the time, truck stops, whatever. Uh, is there some stuff to be looking out for. So, so the Wings of Refuge website has um, has resources on it. Like, yeah. um, there's a, there's a section on it where you can go and like watch clips, or there's like book suggestions. Um, read, watch, click. There's like other websites and stuff that you can go to um, that that you can learn more. I, I do wonder if uh, I was thinking about that too. Some tangible ways. Of like uh, just like daily things, what can you keep an eye out for? We we were Nate, we were talking about like, can you help with the Super Bowl? Like, you know, uh, we just roll up there like community watch style. Like, tell us what we're <coughs> looking for, and 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 I'll skip the game. Tell me what we can what we're looking right. for. Yeah. So uh, I I don't know. Like I, you know, have any resources for that that type of thing? 
Just um, like what to look, what to watch for. I don't personally, but I I can get in contact with Joy and she yeah. probably. Yeah, I, I feel even like, things like the Iowa State Fair. Yeah, right on. I mean, here in Des Moines. Yeah. See, and this is what we've been talking about. Like this, this is the 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 community of 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 God's church. I mean, doing something instead of just like. I, I, here's the thing. You want to complain about the government. Realize they only have the power you've abdicated to them, right? And that's what's going on here, right? So, like, if, if you thought, like, hey, our, our whatever sex trafficking watchdog of the government sucks, they're not getting enough to, why don't you get a band of dudes together and we'll get out and do it? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We'll prowl the state fair. I'll take a couple nights off. We'll just go hanging around and we'll keep an eye out for stuff that shouldn't be going down. Right. And then, and then maybe your, your complaints can have some validity. But, like, sitting in your armchair throwing fists at everybody, that's not helping nothing. So, so yeah, Super Bowl, Super Bowl time. Get some dudes together. State fair time, dudes together. In fact, what we need to ask Joe is, uh, when do we need to get dudes together? <laughs> <laughs> you tell us the events and what we're looking for, and we'll get dudes together. Well, some of us probably think back to back to Nate's example. If there's eighty thousand cars on the road over a given year, I mean, like it's frankly, it's probably just knowing the difference. Right, yeah. like if I know basic things, look look for someone who's obviously there against their will, right? Or like just just in situations that should throw up a flag to say, hey, I wonder if there's something going on there. Am I willing to just go say hi and, and sniff it out just one bit farther than what I normally would? And so, like, here's the thing: people who know the difference know the difference. Yeah. And right, and so like you don't you don't even necessarily have to say, hey, uh, tell me the events where we put guys at. You know what? Most people are going to the fair anyway. Keep your eyes open at the fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know the uh, the Iowa State Patrol would probably know a lot about that too. Yeah, about how to spot that stuff. And I know, um, <laughs> kind of ignorant on this to- on this topic of like being able to spot, you know, who's being trafficked and who's not. But on TV shows, <laughs> I've <laughs> right. seen where you know uh, girls who have been trafficked or in an abusive relationship, they have some sort of signal that's a nonverbal signal that they can give to. Uh, you know, if they've been allowed to go into the gro- to the gas station and get a drink, yeah, you know that they can kind of pa- pass on to the clerk or something to like tell them like, "Hey, I need help." Yeah, um, and so it'd be great to find out what those things are. Yeah, we should. I, know I can't that help stuff. you with that right now. All right, yeah, let's. I don't. know. Yeah, people got to know. State patrol. That's a good call. Yeah, you know, and but that's only half the equation. Once they're once they're rescued, they've got to have somewhere to go. Right, and, and that's the key to this second location of Wings of Refuge. Yeah, they've got to have somewhere to go to be restored and and learn how to live an independent and a confident life. You know, I, I, I'm going to grant me the some some grace here because I get that this is not this is not an apples to apples comparison. I think you can there's there's an inference here that I may not be intending to make. But like when when she was talking about um, like if you get out of it but you don't have anywhere to go, like you end up back in it. It made me think of the um uh the, the, the demons leaving and the seven more coming in. Right? Like if you don't if you don't have something to re- to replace it, um you remain hospitable uh or you, you remain like going back to, to the same else, thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. And so um and I thought, yeah, like uh, not seeing both sides of the equation, like the the big victory seems like yes, we we snatched someone away from the from the problem, but like that that's a very shallow. It's a there's it's truth quantifiable. To it. Yeah, it's something you can put in the news like two hundred people were rescued. Like, yeah, that is great, and I celebrate that. Sure, but two hundred people need restoration. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's right. Yeah, rescued into what? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they just moving them out of that of this particular. I mean, if if you go from one white van to another white van, did it really matter that you moved? It would. It would. It, would, it made no difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So so yeah, absolutely. It's it's recognizing that like. Um, it, what 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 are we seeking, right? Are we seeking the count that says, "Hey, we got we got him out of the back of a semi trailer"? I mean, that's great. Um, but like, we're we're long haul folks. In fact, we're we're forever type of people. We're eternity minded kingdom right. folk. 
We say we, we, we just don't do the, the event counting. We're, we're long-term restoration people. That's how we look at things. Is how we understand things. Um, and so we got to be careful that we look at when we're when we're gauging effective work um, that we're under we're counting in the right perspective that we're looking at the right way. Yeah. Well, and, and the 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 reality is we all return to we all return to our sins unless we're we got Christ in our eyes. Yeah. You know, unless unless we're seeking Him and being intentional about that. Yeah. Then then we'll return to our sins almost every time. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. All right. So here's what here's what we're gonna do. We're praying on this stuff. Uh, we're gonna work on some education stuff on our end, but definitely go to wingsofrefuge.net and then follow both Wings of Refuge and Merry Christmas Nate uh, on uh, on Facebook. Now here's the deal. Tomorrow's Giving Tuesday. Uh, in fact, by the time you see this, it will be today. Uh, get. I mean, get on that. One like share. Just share it. Right. Nate, Nate's right. Like. Um, Maybe it's not you. Maybe you don't. Have, maybe you're giving your money to something else. Look, God's got all kinds of cool, sweet kingdom work. Great, be on it. Um, but that doesn't mean you don't know someone that this this is something that would be beneficial for them to see. Um, it's something that they care about, something they can give to. And so, um, social media is, is is at its best when it allows us to connect people and things, uh, especially things that we care about. Yeah. And so, um, if you can share the share the pages, share the campaign, uh, go to MerryChristmasNate.com and and donate. Um, and here's even the, even if you can only give ten dollars, a lot of ten dollar gift uh, donations add up. Yeah, can, yeah, I, right can I share a story real quick? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So during the Happy Birthday Nate campaign five years ago, um, I I was about halfway through the campaign and uh, I was getting kind of bummed out because momentum had kind of dwindled down. You know, yeah, it was it was long after your show, of course. No, after, absolutely. After There's your that. show, the momentum was live from the past. Spike yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> But um, so I was really down and and all of a sudden one morning, uh, my contact with um, World Vision that I was working with, they called me in and said, hey, you just got a $15,000 donation. Ooh. And I thought, what in the world? The more I found out about it was it was this church in California that I have no connection with. Mm-hmm. And they uh, three years before had raised money and they were going to give their um, some of their missionaries money for nets for malaria yeah and they raised the amount that they needed to raise and so they had fifteen thousand dollars sitting in their bank account earmarked for mosquito nets awesome that they <laughs> that they couldn't do anything with until somebody was raising money for mosquito nets yeah right you know how the law works if a, donate, <laughs> if a donor yeah. wants it to use it for something you have to use it for that. yeah so uh so they saw the campaign and they donated fifteen thousand dollars awesome what i learned through that was that the Lord goes before me. Right. He prepares the way. And so uh, by sharing, you know, donating is is perfect because it helps others and it helps you understand that you're part of the process. Yeah. But also just by sharing the content and sharing it across your social media network, you allow other people to see that. Yeah. And so the Lord worked in that church three years earlier and finally gave them an opportunity to give. That can happen too. Right. You know, what if there's $750,000 sitting in a bank account earmarked for restoration of sex traffic victims yeah right the on. lord's pockets are deep and i don't mean that in a, like a name it and claim it kind of way no like, yeah right He's, the lord's economy is amazing yeah yeah, yeah i mean so, the, we think of five thousand dollar goal and we're like that's doable and the lord laughs and goes <laughs> yeah that's that other i don't one want it to be doable i yeah. want it to be great and <laughs> I, I want it to be me yeah i want you to know i was here and i want it to be him <laughs> and i yeah, want like, it to be him <laughs> that ain't no doubt i boy i just I love it when I get I get these these things in my head about how the Lord interacts with his people. We're like these dudes raising fifteen grand. And he's like, 
Yeah, hold on to that for a little while. <laughs> but Lord, it's fifteen grand. I just need you guys to yeah. sit tight. I got us some other stuff. I'll tell you what to do with that later. That's right. <laughs> I'm sorry, you don't sit in this chair. I sit in this oh, chair. Oh man, <laughs> that is that is a prime opportunity to 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 Abram and Sarai, right? You gonna yep. be like fifteen grand, Lord? We're gonna do. I'm gonna find something. You be spending, put guys on it all day trying to figure out what to do with this money when your goal is just to sit tight. Yep, you just hold on to that money. Yeah. I think that's why the 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 seven hundred fifty thousand doesn't seem like a big deal to me because yeah, number one, it's not my job to worry about it. It's my job to do what I've been called to do. That's right. Yeah. Faithful and in the means. So, God's going to have to handle yeah. the ends. That's a God-sized figure. He's going to have to do that. I obviously can't do it, so it's got to be yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, Unless you, unless you get, well, you sent, you spent seven twenty on the yeah. way. Yeah, if here, you so. caught me a couple, a couple hours earlier, <laughs> I mean, I drove three Jaguars in here separately, <laughs> like not the car. You own exotic yeah. animals. Actual Jaguar <laughs> yeah. ride through town <laughs> on a saddle. <laughs> Their names are Mick Jagger and Son. <laughs> Uh, all right, hey, big thanks for the, to Nate for coming in. Hey, thanks so much for having me, guys. It's been awesome. Absolutely. Uh, we're, I'm gonna, we'll keep you apprised of kind of how the campaign is going, uh, and uh, and we'll keep pushing that stuff. And you, you know, were you ever concerned that MerryChristmasNate.com was already taken? <laughs> I would have been no. really fired up. Well, I checked it out first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd had to call the guy. I'm like, you got to be kidding. I would have. <laughs> I would have done something like the real Merry Christmas. <laughs> That's <Nate."> right. <laughs> <laughs> The Lord goes before me. Merry Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So I, I think your big way to change the world is to be involved in this uh, Wings Refuge business. Uh, I think in, in minor ways, Mike, we're going to try to change the world on some advice. Uh, maybe Nate will bail us out here. Go ahead. People need help. Go ahead. Dear Life from the Path, my 25-year-old son, quotes Jay, would like to come home for Christmas. I'm paying, so I made his reservation yesterday. Late last night, he told my husband he needs to go back two days earlier because of work. <laughs> this change will cost around $150 more than the $215 i am already paying. <laughs> Although my son earns a six-figure salary, he is unable to pay his student parent loan on time each month. When he's late, I get harassing emails and phone calls. The loan is in my name because Jay blew all of his sixty k he got from a settlement, and he begged me to do this for him so he could graduate. <laughs> My husband and I are retired, but we both work part-time. Jay and his sister are reluctant to pay for their tickets when they want to see us. They each live in an hour plane right away. They always seem to have enough money to travel and do what they want to do. I am so upset. I'd like to cancel the holidays because I feel we are being taken advantage of. What do you think? Uh, okay, yeah, two things. Uh, one, yes, you are being taken advantage of. That's true. Uh, two, just you fly to go see them. Yeah. Quit yeah. flying them around. That's a good solution. <laughs> just go. It's just, like if you want to see them, just go see them. You you ain't gonna bail on your own plane ticket. <laughs> no, you're gonna stay the appropriate amount of days, and then you will fly home. Yeah, I mean, like obviously the behavior is not good, but I mean, I, what are you gonna do at this point? Um, like you, I, I hope they change the ways. I think you should talk to them. You're still the parents. Uh, you should try, do your best to influence the situation. But like, uh, up there's probably a maturity issue there. They might very well get over it. There's no reason to blow up the universe on the thing. Just to control what you can control. Go see them and stop buying them tickets. Yeah, you're spending too much time being mad about something, right? Like, you know the deal. You can either go visit them or, look, they can't They can't take advantage of you uh, if you just give it to them and yeah. be like, yeah, I'll pay for it. And then they, they try to stay two days later or go home two days earlier and you go, sounds good. It was a gift anyway. Do whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, well, what they- been... Ben says that all the time that people can't steal what you from you what you gave them. That's correct. And so, like, if you my give kids it to them, hate that. Yeah, they can't. Layla take stole of you. that from me. That you should just give it to her, and the problem goes away. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the son could pay the uh, the fee, the hundred and fifty dollars, and then that way he's getting a trip. He didn't have to pay the two whatever it cost, but he pays for the the change of 
ticket. Yeah, so like here, here's the deal. I think I think that if you if you need like a line in the sand or, or a straw that breaks the camel's back here, that's probably the offer I'd make. Say, look, you you pay for the extra hundred fifty, and if he refuses, yeah, then, then put him in the right bucket. Say, look, he's just being stubborn, he's being selfish, and he's he's not he's not respecting my uh, the fact that I'm buying him stuff, uh, the the tickets and stuff, and uh, and so I'm just going to stop doing that. Because uh, he's made it clear that he, he's not handling this correctly. However, I'll just ch- I'll reorient and I'll just go visit him, so I don't have this problem. I'll uh, I'll you know I'll do my best to influence the situation, but the, I, it's it's not worth blowing up a relationship on. So yeah, I would I would give him a chance to 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 react in what we consider a reasonable way. If he's completely unreasonable, then just acknowledge that and then handle the situation. Granting you're dealing with an unreasonable person, most most major relationship problems. This is true in marriages too. Is like. You recognize someone as not being reasonable, and you still hold them to a standard of reasonableness, and that becomes your fault. <laughs> like you just like if two if when people get in an argument, if one person agrees to not lose their head and to try to stay reasonable in the situation, uh, that fight doesn't go anywhere. Someone blows off steam; they probably apologize for it later if they're you know things come around. You're probably fine, but it's when you amp up and decide you're going to meet towns with this person, and like you're being unreasonable. Well, I will be unreasonable as well, and they're like, yeah, that's when your big problems happen. So like, just put them in the right bucket. Just know what you're dealing with. Uh, somehow realize that you're a failure as a parent, and then start visiting. Them. <laughs> I, I My t- four-year-old is unreasonable, so I feel like I'm I am an expert in this. See? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you're holding your own, bro. There's no reason. <laughs> that's the thing. Yes. Can you give him time out? Yeah, you ever seen a you ever seen a parent amp up and become just as unreasonable with a four year old in the store? You're like, knock it off, man. Yeah, that yeah. kid is pulling your chain. <laughs> yeah, just you know, don't you don't have to meet them. They look ridiculous. Just kind of look at them. He's like, you're you're looking real ridiculous right now. <laughs> Actually, I, boy, that's the that's the it's the most pathetic thing in the world to witness. You know what I'm saying? Where like this three year old kid will come doting up with these triple chocolate chip granola bars, and the mom all like. I tell you, every time we come here, we're not getting a trip. I'm like, hey, man, the kid was way calmer about this. <laughs> this canola bar purchase. You could have been like, yeah, man, no. Not, not, not going to happen. Your kid is outmaturing you right yes, now. that's right. <laughs> You're getting owned. He, he saw chocolate chip granola bars, and like any regular person, he's like, heck, yeah. I wonder if I can get this. <laughs> Who can fault him for this? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's that's, see. That's our advice. What's the secular advice? Secular's advice. Now, hold on. We didn't happen to mention that the man makes six figures at 25 years old. I don't know what he went to college for, but like people (laughs) seem to be having a hard time getting gigs out of college, and not this guy. He shows up cleaning the floor, (laughs) making 125, 100k right off the bat. Uh, I mean, yeah. So here's the thing: this this runs deeper than the than the uh, the plane tickets, right? She's like, hey, he's not paying his student loans. Yeah, he's always. I mean, he's acting. It sounds like he might be irresponsible, but then again, she's going to tell all the all the details, otherwise support her side of the story. And so you got. What do you think his side is that supports him paying it late (laughs) Uh, and shafting his mom with 115 bucks in fees? Student loans. So here's the question, Mike. Here's the question: (laughs) What does it say about her that she agreed to do that anyway? So like, if he he blew the settlement, who knows what happens, right? Man gets hit by a golf cart or something. Sixty grand doesn't mean you didn't get hit by a truck, right? That's a golf cart. And so he gets hit by a golf cart, gets a settlement of sixty grand, can pay for his own stuff. Blows it in her terms, and she says, "You know what? I still vouch for him. I'll put this giant, whatever this massive payment is, on my own stuff." I'm just saying. Well, I mean, what are you going to say to him? Should have bought a camper. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing I can do for you. <laughs> yeah, I say, hey, you had the money, you blew it. I'm not, I'm not borrowing it. You're going to figure it out. Yeah, that's a grace filled world. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, <laughs> hold on, hey. No hab for this guy. <laughs> Bid keeps him down in the pit. <laughs> so, but by that perspective, you keep buying him the plane ticket. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't do it. Because he can't steal from me what I give to him. Now, I, t- I hear what you're saying, but I can solve the problem without having to bail plane tickets on him by just going to visit. Well, aren't you worldly? <laughs>
But you could just just take care of it this time, and then you know next time just not offer to buy it, and then that way you don't have to say, well, it's because you did this or you didn't do yeah. that. You can just, yeah, we're just. Uh, he says, hey, you guys want to cover come? my plane ticket this time? And your response is, no. Yeah, that, I'm with you. I'm with you there. <laughs> yeah. If I could give any parenting advice, it's right now, a subtle now, way to take the hint. That's right. <laughs> you just you just gotta drop one word answer. Stop trying to give your kids a 15 minute explanation on crap when they say, "Hey, can I have an apple?" You say, "No." <laughs> and that's it. Hey, boom. Here's the deal. That guy's old enough. Like, I think he's obviously aware he's not spending his money wisely. <laughs> right? I think he knows he's not paying the student loan. He gets – like, people People that are jerks tend to have a sense that they're jerks. They just don't want to do anything about he's it. He's making six figures. He's got to be somewhat intelligent. Uh, right? I wonder – maybe he's not – maybe he's lying about that. Maybe he's not actually making six figures. What a ruse. <laughs> Although I wouldn't say that if I also wasn't paying my bills. <laughs> right. If he's going to lie, he should come up with a better one. We've made too many assumptions about this man. All right, go ahead. So far, he's not stand-up. That's what I know. Segular says, I think that rather than cancel the holidays, which was a bit dramatic, <laughs> Christmas is done. Yeah, you can hijack it, but you can't cancel it. That's right. You can't put the X name. Uh, it says, you and your husband should use the visit to inform your 25-year-old son that it's time to grow up and pay his bills. Because he now has a six-figure income, thanks to your generosity, he should assume responsibility for his student loan debt and pay it on time. And if he doesn't, consider reviewing your estate plans and subtracting what he owes you. Wow. Vindictive right at the end. <laughs> I took a stiff turn. Yeah. <laughs> Bull, I didn't see that coming. And by the way, <laughs> gulch him on the, on the will. <laughs> Boy, what, what kind of insertion? And then roast him on social media. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> what kind of insert is that into the will? It's like, and to Chuck, we leave 50%. Minus C attached Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> All the times you put the ball on All the on plane it. ticket fees that we had to pay. <laughs> oh, Plus a 28% VIG. You're in some trouble, friend. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no. Our, our advice was better. Let's see. You want to do uh, – let's do one more. Ready? Yeah, one more. Dear Live from the Path, I have hearing loss. My insurance isn't very good, and the monthly payments for hearing aids are the equivalent of a car payment. Nope. So I try my best and do without. People who know about my hearing loss will talk louder for me or let me know when they need my attention. Even strangers will repeat themselves or talk louder if I say I'm hard of hearing. Problem is that my husband refuses to talk louder for me or make any attempt to improve our communication. What? He's gone as far as to threaten that he just won't talk to me anymore because he's sick of repeating himself. Well, you heard that, didn't you? No matter how many times I say I can't hear, he practically whispers or will scream at the top of his lungs at me to make a point. It's like he's taking my hearing loss personally, <laughs> as though somehow my hearing loss is my fault. This is not funny. I'm sorry. No. I also feel he may have an ulterior motive for talking softer. Weird. I feel depressed and isolated, and I'm not sure what to do. My marriage is falling apart. Any advice is appreciated. I, this is not fair. She can't say, I feel like he has an ulterior motive, and not say what it is. That's what I thought. I'm interested to know what she, what plot he's... I mean, <laughs> he, I mean, he's acting like a child. That's certainly true. But like... The reason why is extremely interesting. I really wish she would have said, I cannot think of an ulterior motive of like of speaking softly so my wife can understand. To, to what end? Could, could, what, what could your second angle be? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, okay. So I know what I would do. <coughs> I would pr- I would talk low enough where she wouldn't respond and be like, I said we should get Pizza Hut, and you didn't say anything, so I went ahead and got Pizza Hut. So, I mean, 
But I mean that that can only play for a, a number of weeks. Yeah, right. I like, feel like a year over year. I would go bigger. I'd go like a boat. Like, <laughs> yeah. Remember that boat we talked about? <laughs> yeah. There's a guy at the radio show selling a live jaguar <laughs> with a saddle. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And you didn't say anything, so I felt like that was a tacit yes. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Here's the deal. I assume that she's. Did she say how old she was? No. Uh. So, I mean, this is just flat-out jerky behavior. Like, she's right. Basic strangers recognize when you can't hear, right? Like, when someone's having trouble hearing, they speak up. And so, like, if you're own either, there's something else going on, and, like, she's reading way too far into whatever his reaction is. Or the guy's just being, like, a flat-out jerk. Yeah. And, and like, uh, the, the core of it isn't his speaking louder. Like, there's there's something, there's another problem going on, probably tied up in those ulterior motives she was discussing. But, like... I feel like the guy needs Jesus and some decent friends who will yeah. be like, stop treating your wife like that. That's true. Decent friends wouldn't allow this to continue, yeah. and then Jesus wouldn't allow this Talk to continue. Talk louder, Jim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe they could help out with hearing aid costs, too. Yeah. Second option. <laughs> Actually, you know what would be interesting is if she got a hearing aid, like, what, is, what does old Jimmy do? Now what's he going to do? Maybe, he, maybe, he likes to, maybe he likes to spend the hearing aid money on other stuff. Like so, pizza and jet pies. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. Boy, I'm, I'm having the hardest time putting a black hat on, on these ulterior motives of this man. I just I can't come up with nothing. Can we get the uh, the people from the first question to start stop paying for their son's stuff and start giving their money to the the hearing aid? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Your son's, it's a wasted, it, hey, you're wasting it. Maybe the son is actually extremely benevolent uh, and his, his parents are jerks. And he's letting them pay for it because he's like, screw you, jerk. <laughs> but he actually giving all his money to charity. Yeah, that's the act of most benevolent people. They usually bless a bunch of people and then say, screw you, jerk, to their parents. That sounds right. People are messy and complicated, Mike. <laughs> Don't you know people? <laughs> I have a three-dimensional personality. It's hard to grasp. Uh, all right. All right. So uh, reasonable advice for this woman um, is, well, so, okay, one um, I would say that something else seems to be going on, right? Like I know that this for her is centered around her inability to hear. Um, you might you might see um, like if you have if you have a um, if you have a church family, I would ask to, to either the pastor or someone around to help you meet to help mediate a conversation, simply so you have someone that's willing to tolerate talking yeah. and to to pass on information. If not counseling, certainly like something where you have there's obviously a conversation that that needs to be had that isn't that is bigger than the hearing issue um, because there's no reason for that guy to be acting like this was death to his part. And he, he, he something's up, yeah. something's up here. That's outside of the hearing aid. Um, secondly, I think there are organizations that do help with hearing aids. Yeah. I feel like they can help. Um, and so uh, I, I couldn't tell you what they are cause I've not been in need of one, but uh, I feel like there are places that help do that kind of thing. I mean, a little bit to be fair, like sometimes it's hard to judge what level of hearing loss someone has, right? Yeah. And then by the time you amp it up enough, now it sounds like yelling at them and being a big jerk. Hey, man, that happens to me at my house. Uh, I've been married. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Tell your story. I'll just, <laughs> I'll parlay. <laughs> What's that you say? <laughs> I'm having a hard time. <laughs> I'm going to keep my anecdote to myself. Go ahead. <laughs> I was actually done. What the heck ever? You didn't have any more details. <laughs> There's got to be a cheaper, uh, cheaper option for like a cone aid. Well, like a, like a cone on it, <laughs> like an egg. I, I don't mean this to sound, you know, the way it's going to sound, but you know, I've seen, I've seen they have those like little Bluetooth things oh, that yeah, are supposed yeah. to be hearing aid. 
and they're not like the professional like medical hearing aid, right. but they like they amplify things for you. Yeah, and certainly that doesn't cost a car payment. What you if know? you called them on the phone? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> that's what I always thought. Those those look like real Bluetooth until you actually get a phone call. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I mean, something like that, you know, could yeah. sort of like be the halfway point. The yeah, there's. I think. There's, I think there's options, and maybe he maybe he is frustrated, right? Like he wants to have a normal conversation and he can't. But like, I mean, he's got to get over that. It's just. I mean, that's just the nature of being in a relationship with someone. Like right. sometimes stuff like that happens, um, and maybe he's having a hard time dealing with it. Again, uh, friends, friends, you gotta keep you gotta keep some community around you, fella. Yeah, uh, you need if, people to both encourage and then put the stomp on you when you need it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Did you want to finish your story? Ben? No, never mind. Yeah. So here's the thing. My <laughs> wife. <laughs> I've been married uh, twelve years, and this is not. This is still not. This is not changed. It's something that uh, I've just. Uh, I felt like it was going to improve as our marriage goes on, and it's not. It's not changed. Uh, my lovely wife will talk to me uh, across the house as if I'm in the room. You have this, mm-hmm. and I can hear her saying, "I say, hey, hey." I say, I I start say I say hey loud. I say, hey, I didn't hear that, and I start walking that direction. Uh, and so she says it again, but again, like I'm standing right, and I said, I cannot hear the thing. And so I get into the room and then now she obviously, she's upset. <laughs> she's upset because I didn't not take it in because <laughs> I was not in the vicinity and she's talking loudly and is angry with me. And I thought, boy, I just, I could not have done anything in this situation. And I said, babe, I wasn't, I wasn't near you. That's not the problem. I wasn't ignoring you or anything. I actually started moving your direction. I wasn't going to yell across the house. I moved to you to take it in. But now it sounds like I just ignored her the three times. And so now I think to myself, think of that guy's situation. And like he says a few things. And by the third time, now it sounds like he's angry with his wife. But really, he just he's just unreasonable about her ability to take it in. <coughs> and so they have some real nasty conversations that were just situational because she didn't hear it well. Yeah, that happens a lot. Like you said something that would have been either funny at the time or a situational thing to say. And then they didn't hear it. And you're like, what was it you said? And you're like, forget it. The time has passed. No, I don't want to forget it. I want you to tell me. I no. don't want to say it. It's and not it's, funny now. Yeah. yeah. Then you'd be like, you know, it's it's a goat picture. And then your wife goes, no, yeah, yeah, goat picture. <laughs> yeah. Goat. No, I said and, goat picture. <laughs> and she's wishing she didn't hear yeah. you. Yeah. Timely. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Okay. Secular says, of course you feel depressed and isolated. Exclamation point. Your husband either doesn't like or hasn't accepted the fact that you have a hearing disability. Well, I, I think that's fair. Who would love it? <laughs> So he's punishing you for it. What he's doing is emotionally abusive. Please have your hearing checked by an audiologist to determine how much of your hearing you have lost. I bet you didn't think of that. Thanks, Secular. Take your husband along so a professional can explain it to him. And be sure to ask if there may be lower cost options for an assistive device that won't bust your budget. Okay, we said some of that. Yeah, well, we didn't have near the condescension. We were pretty close. We suggested uh, helpful, helpful community. Community budget. Uh, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. text, he text you. I mean, come on now. Yeah. Click it, click it, click it. Yeah, write it down. Anything. Old people have cool cursive handwriting. That Before was, it died off. That was on left field, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> You're right to each other. I didn't see that coming at all. Cursive. What's cursive? <laughs> Dearest Edith. <laughs> Can you hear me now? <laughs> Dear <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, no, we, we, yeah, that's, that's better. We changed the world there. All right. Hey, you've been listening live from the path. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, Again, big thanks to uh, Joy Fatma for joining us to talk about Wings of Refuge. Um, big thanks to Nate for coming in. He made the he made the trek over here, came into the building, and uh, uh, make sure you go do the things we talked about. Right, you're going to go to MerryChristmasDay.com. 
you're going to follow Merry Christmas Nate and Wings of Refuge on the Facebook. You can go to wingsrefuge.net to hear more about them and to find those uh, the resources, the books to read. They've got some clips that you can watch and some other websites that you can visit. Be praying on that stuff. And here's here's the deal: I, whether it's sex trafficking, whether it is um, the drug drug recovery, um, whether it is um, looking at healthcare differently, like put, take everything that that. that where darkness may exist in the world and recognize God's got people on it for a reason. It's the church is his chosen means um, to share good news into the world and watch hope and joy restored um, that ultimately points us back to the truth of what Christ has done for us uh, both now um, and forever. So, you know, just be part of that, man. That's where that stuff comes from. Um, and, and we get to be a part of that. That's an honor to serve the kingdom in that way, and I would encourage you to be part of it. So uh, big thanks again. Um, we will see you, I don't know, we may not be in here next week. I'll, I'll double-check it. In the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path. <laughs>